Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. It's Wednesday. I've got myself on a heck of a guest today. Normally, I don't go too local. I'm from Indianapolis. Don't talk about that a whole lot. But for today's episode, I, I, I got to be introduced uh, from Jeremy, a guy named Richard Anderson III. He goes by Ricky. And Ricky has uh, got this spirit and this taste for innovation, but he also has a long background with music. So he has put together uh, this thing called Sound Space in Indianapolis, and I'm excited because he's wanting to expand. Uh, and, and you'll have to get into the, the podcast on this, on, on his uh, ideas behind it. Um, but this guy has this background in neuroscience and biotech and business development and music. And you'll know why on, on his spirit of innovation, why I really wanted to interview him. Uh, but also just in a day and time where, where I think the arts are, are under-supported and there's not a real outlet or is not as much of an outlet for innovation and collaboration to go on, uh, I think Ricky's really championing something wonderful and I was just thrilled to be able to not only talk to them, but really hear about how they're bringing a lot more creativity to the community. So I think you're going to seriously enjoy this one. Also, one last thing, seeing that we're going to have probably more of an Indianapolis audience listening today, uh, it is giving season. Should you want to give to the Started Up Foundation, again, we try to get high school students into an entrepreneurial way of being. We have programming. We have chapters. We have events. We have uh, Innovate Within that we run, which is our state pitch competition. And we need your donations. We are a 501c3 charity. So if you'd like to help empower youth entrepreneurialism through pitch competitions and other programming, please consider making a donation. You can always go to startedupfoundation.org slash donate or just go to startedupfoundation.org for more information. All right. Now we're joined by Richard Anderson III. Thank you. If I call you Ricky, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thank you. Well, Ricky, thank you for being on the show. In a day and time where we're talking about arts programs being cut from education and access to the arts being uh, stifled, uh, I got introduced to you from Jeremy and he was like, man, you got to talk to this guy because he's really trying to foster a lot of growth in our city. So I wanted to have you tell your story. So thank you for being on the show, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah. So let's take a couple steps backwards. You've, you've not just like been in the music space. You've kind of been in the innovation space for a while. Let's, let's kind of start back from the origin stories. Sure. So uh, I guess the, the, the earliest origin story that's easiest to talk about uh, is uh, around in high school. Um, I, I took a test on a computer, uh, as, as one does in your computer science class that was like, what college should you go to? Uh, when I clicked on both my majors, it said you have one of one result. And so I was like, well, I should probably check out that place. Um, and as I, as I, you know, went on with schooling and everything like that, I ended up at IUPUI, um, which was that one, that one college that showed up on there. And I studied neuroscience and biotechnology. Um, and while I was studying those things, I uh, got very, very interested in innovation and entrepreneurship. And so uh, at IUPUI, I started the Innovation Entrepreneurship Clubs. Uh, and one was called the Brain Trust. The other one was called University Innovation Fellows. By the end of my career there, they had merged into something called Idea Fellows. Uh, and as we kept rolling with that, I was able to go out to Stanford University 
um, learn from Google, Microsoft, Stanford University's design school, a whole bunch of different lean startup methodologies, design thinking, and just it opened up my mind to all the possibilities of what was going on there. Um, and when I came back, uh, I, I got involved with, you know, basically I, I had all of the science sides of things together in my head, and I had all of these new design sides of things together. And so my natural tendency was to go help scientists who were trying to build businesses to build those businesses. Um, and so I got started with that and just being creative about how you could use science in, in a direct business format. Um, and so that's where I kind of got to flex all of those muscles. Um, but I have a musical journey as well in a lot of that. So back at the back in high school, uh, I played in a band and we recorded in the basement of substitute teachers, houses, things like that. And uh, I sold, you know, jewel CD cases and, and CDs of my music at lunchtime while all the other students were eating their lunch. Um, and uh, before I actually went to IUPY, I went to Berklee College of Music uh, for uh, acoustic guitar. Um, and uh, decided to pursue science. But uh, it went, you know, I talked a little bit about college and four years had gone by and I had written more music and wasn't recording any of it. And so I, I launched out of, out of college with the idea of, okay, I am launching these businesses, I'm doing these kinds of things, I'd like to, you know, get back to music as well. And so as I started looking around town, I realized it was really, really expensive for me to get started at that, at that age and to get back into that. Um, despite whatever my skill level would be on guitar, uh, it was going to be, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars to actually get into a studio or purchase enough things to start a home studio uh, or even to learn any of the uh, digital audio workstations they're called DAWs. Um, and so with all of those problems presented with me, I'm like, well, I can solve this for myself, but, uh, you know, I, I could just cobble together a solution on a lot of those things. But it seemed to me like a systematic problem. Uh, where people were coming out of places like high school or college and they weren't able to pursue that that side of music uh, because it just was, you know, there's no infrastructure for them to, to go out and do that. Uh, and so what happened was, you know, I, I was able to cobble together and put together this, this business plan. And um, I'm more of a finance guy myself, so I, I specifically start with the financial side of things. And if things start to make sense on paper, I'm like, wow, let's, let's pursue that and try to see what we can do. And so um, through my time at places like Berkeley College of Music and out at Stanford University, um, kind of putting together those ideas, uh, you get to that sort of co-working environment, um, but it's, it's a co-working space, you know, beyond co-working. Uh, there's this, there's this, um, this idea coming out of sort of the, the West Coast and a couple of papers that I've read that are talking about sort of the next stage of social media. Um, and that want of people to, to come back into a face-to-face -face environment or away from that sort of detached nature of, of what's going on there. Um, and I couldn't think of a better space for a tech-enabled space um, than, than a music-oriented environment for people to come together and, and really thrive you know, in, a, in a social setting in that same kind of way. And so thus Soundspace was born. Um, and we've been at it for about a year now, and we actually just uh, reached revenue and, you know, we're able to open up our doors in November um, with uh, something we call Soundspace Beta. So we're just kind of doing the initial test of what that business model looks like and, you know, are continuing forward with, with all of that. That's, uh, first of all, <laughs> that's a long, that is, that is a long and winding road. I, I love it. <laughs> well, the thing is like, like, wow, this is a, this is a young me. I love the fact that you're like, and I started with the financials. Yep. Yeah. 
it's man, we're running similar paths because like mm-hmm. I started an innovation and entrepreneur class. Yeah. Uh, and 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 because I I I don't know. I saw opportunities and and it seemed to me some things were obvious. Like why isn't this going on in schools? Exactly. And so like we both did something about it. So kindred spirits, man, I'm loving it. But yeah, the fact thanks. that you got really diverse and say, okay, innovation, entrepreneurship, and acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah. That is like the most, <laughs> you know, I love it. Cause man, we, we used to have like these sessions in class where I was actually like a card game called Disruptus. And you would basically draw cards and um, you either had to like, um, how to disrupt, like, you, like it'd be like, like a card would be like a broom and you'd have to roll this dice and it would either be like disrupt, improve. So you're like, how would you, Interesting. In, and, and how would you disrupt the broom industry Yeah. or how would gotcha. you disrupt? And so my favorite one though was uh, combine two. So if you rolled combine two, you had to run another card. So if you, you know, you drew, you know, the broom and all of a sudden you drew, drew another a, thing. Like, like a, a pocket watch. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> like you what, disrupt like, both. What, what, <laughs> how do you combine the two into one product service or whatever? And so you're like, okay, so pocket watch stands for time mm-hmm. and broom could stand for house cleaning. I'm going to have a maid service that will save you time. And so the kids gotcha. are like, it's super creative, but oftentimes the more obscure, the better. And so when you're like, I'm into innovation and, and music, and I love that. Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, there's been this explosion of creativity. I like SoundCloud for that reason. Um, heck, I'm really excited because I'm going to have Akira the Don on my show here. And you may not know him, but he takes all of my, some of my favorite people, like Jordan Peterson. Uh, he, he takes him, uh, Joseph Campbell, Jocko oh, yeah. Wilnick, and he sets it to music. For sure. Like these remixes. and Oh, yeah. In the... Uh... Joseph Campbell's one of my favorite authors and oh here gosh. with a thousand faces was okay, like what we're I, gonna what hang I was out. based on. So. <laughs> oh my no, I had my awake oh off air. We will jam out on Joseph Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I have so many recordings. Do I have cassette tapes? But for I'm sure. forty I'm forty seven. My um, favorite uh my my favorite music that comes out of that is Alan Watts often. Um like he just gives these like wildly vivacious talks on a lot mm-hmm. of things. And so they're, they just naturally lend themselves towards music. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, people like Akira, like all of a sudden this explosion of creativity and the melding of like inspirational, like uh, I'm not going to lie. The first one I heard was Joe Rogan on a rant and he said mm-hmm. it to music. <laughs> like, <laughs> working out and I'm like I started running faster I'm like this is awesome yeah but this explosion of art and creativity it's for people that can afford that mm-hmm. and so yeah. when I heard about your journey I'm like oh because I have a couple of former students that are really doing pretty well but like they're trying to rub two nickels together mm-hmm. heck one of my students and Jack I'm not going to mention your last name because he 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 likes to stay sometimes incognito, but he records on his cell phone. Yeah, and he does wonderful. Mm-hmm. But um, I just like that you're like, hey, creatives, come and let's 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 make some magic. So exactly, yeah, yeah. It was it's interesting to have like you know you mentioned you know that affinity for high school students too and coming out of that space and one of the target people that we wanted to help was basically and we have somebody named. Know, Alex in our organization that, you know, say he saved up $3,000 throughout all of high school and knew he wanted to go in and record an album, right? 
And when you go in to record an album nowadays, they're going to give you limited amount of time for that amount of money, and you're going to have to come around. You're going to have to come out with an album, um, and you spend all of that three thousand dollars, and then you you get an album that is like you know a bare minimum kind of album, um, and then you have to figure out what to do with that afterwards, right? And yeah. you're you're out of money, and you you just have this thing, and you're like, okay, now I have to get creative. And people oftentimes don't know what to do next, or that they've spent all of what they had so far, and don't know that there's another side of things that you have to invest in, um, or another skill set that you have to learn in terms of marketing. And so um, we're trying to help a lot of you know that that infrastructure you know expand outside of high school as well, or you know what do you do after you you know age out of a lot of youth programs for music, or how do you Get into the actual real world in terms of going out and playing music. Um, this is kind of that that almost incubation station for a lot of musicians to come in and just not only be around other music and other musicians, and you know, basically they can ask all of their questions uh, and get all of those answers and really really work on their craft. Um, and so it gave us this opportunity of saying, you know, there's there's a lot of happening in Indianapolis around music, uh, and what we want to provide is. That, that kind of space that it's uh, it's going to support the artist more than anything, and that was that was the basis of of the businesses, you know, artist centric, um, and I think you'll end up selling a lot more tickets for for you know artist shows and things like that as long as the artists are really really good, you know. Yeah, and what I'm sitting there salivating over is the collisions mm-hmm. of people coming in and like you know this isn't my jam or this isn't my skill level, but I clearly see that this is yours. Mm-hmm. holy cow you know let's let's work together for sure uh, we actually had uh two 15 year old girls come into the space the other day who were really really excited to get into the space and you know work in the rehearsal room and things um and the people who were in there were you know a heavy metal band and right before they had gone in the drummer was like man i, I would love to get into like drum lessons and start to be able to help people out learning these kind of things and uh you know they're maybe in like their mid-20s as they this this metal band in there playing and uh, these two 15 year old girls were showing them around um, and just like you know they're they're really really excited one of them says you know hey I, I really wish I could take drum lessons and so right after the guy comes out you know we they meet each other and you know you have a lot of those kind of things happening where those that's just not what would happen otherwise you wouldn't typically you know meet a heavy metal drummer as a 15 year old girl and be like man I'm really interested in learning drums and just, you know, have that naturally connect in that way too. So. I love hearing that. So, <laughs> well, I, and uh, it's just, it, just creative spaces. So like, um, where do you, like, what's your vision? Where do you, where are you hoping this is going to be in one year and then three years? Sure. So the vision overall um, is, you know, to support artists, not only in Indianapolis, but, you know, worldwide in a lot of these spaces, you know, you had, streaming services come up right and so i can kind of walk you through a little bit of what the music history side of what's going on too um you know back in the day you had uh these um essentially record studios these these labels that would be going out finding good artists you know you'd get a bad contract of course as the artist and then the 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 studio the label itself would then pay for your studio time um, and they would they would own part of what came out of that, and they would sell CDs at eighteen dollars a pop, but produce them at like ten cents a pop, right? And so, therefore, that's a huge profit margin. Everybody's rolling in dough, and it's no problem. Now, with the advent of streaming, um, in places like Spotify and a lot of these kinds of things, you know, you you start to get a much lower profit margin. 
Um, and really Spotify is the one that's benefiting from a lot of those things. And so as an individual artist, you have to figure out how you get more streams and a lot of those things. But, you know, what's a label going to do for you now? Are they just going to upload all your music to Spotify or, you know, are they going to because nobody's, you know, really, really going out and buying a bunch of CDs as often anymore. Um, and so there's this kind of problem where, you know, a label is still trying to figure out how to pay for those artists to continue. Um, and what's what that becomes is you get into this independent environment where people are building studios in their own houses. They're trying to figure out how to be essentially entrepreneurs. Right. So you're trying to figure out how you can put together everything that you're, you're trying to do. It's just a hyper specific entrepreneur where it's like they have the skills in order to produce the music or do all those kinds of things. And they're trying to build their own personal brand and business as a musician. Um, and so a lot of those same skills that I learned in terms of design thinking and those, those long-term entrepreneurial skills directly apply to musicians just with a hyper-specific set of needs. And so as, the, as, we, as we went into that space, we were like, okay, what can we do to help people essentially bootstrap their musical career as opposed to needing a bunch of investment or needing a bunch of these kinds of things. Um, these, uh, we wanted to create that ecosystem for them to, to be able to come in, learn the things that they need to know and thrive, but do so on a budget. So for example, I mentioned Alex earlier who you know saved up $3,000 and then spent it all on one album. Well, that $3,000 could get you, you know, several, I mean, several years at Soundspace in a full recording environment for, you know, all of all of that time frame. And so what it does is it rather than forcing you to develop all of your music in a specific amount of time at a studio, which is kind of, you know, it's a limitation. So maybe it helps with some creativity, but oftentimes it ends up with you, you know, becoming unsatisfied with your end product because it's like, well, I didn't I just didn't have enough money to keep going with this, you know. Um, what it does is it gives you a chance to learn and to improve your product over a longer period of time. And it doesn't kill your creativity because it's still limiting you to say, hey, in four hour chunks, come in and do this. But, you know, you have unlimited four hour chunks. You can come back whenever and continue. And so it, it kind of, I think, helps that creative scene to to really, really work on their craft to a point that, you know, they're showing it to other people in the space. Um, you're really, really going through that crucible of, of developing, this is my musical talent. This is where I fit in. And it somewhat came from, you know, the shock of being an 18 year old going into Berklee College of Music as well, where it's like, you know, maybe you're the best guitarist or the best singer in your town. And like, maybe you live in a small town, but the moment you go into somewhere like, you know, Berkeley or somewhere like a, a large music school like that, you immediately recognize that maybe you're like level two of five, right? So you're, you know, there's there's these crazy good people who are coming here who are getting, getting scholarships and immediately you recognize, wow, here's how I need to grow. Here's how I need to develop. And maybe you discover that you have a skill outside of what you thought your skills were. So for example, for me, I went in for, you know, acoustic guitar and started playing, you know, with a lot of these people that I was like, wow, I am not good at guitar. And that's what I was thinking the whole time. But what was interesting is I could sing while I was playing. Um, and not a lot of people who were really, really good at guitar could do that. And so while I was doing that, I, I realized that, wow, I'm, I'm just actually a really good singer songwriter. I can play significantly complex guitar parts and still sing over top of them. And so it's you start to learn where your actual skills are. And I think that that's kind of the vision for for at least just the Indianapolis side of things. But if you were to expand that to, you know, multiple cities. Right. So as you develop into potentially that franchise space or anything like that, 
Um, there's actually two components that I don't often talk about in terms of, of sound space. Um, one of them being that potential for multi-city, the other one being the technology and the innovation going into what's going on there too. So for the multi-city, yeah. I mean, picture it as a passport that you can travel between cities. And now when you're a touring musician, you'll always have access to the same set of things whenever you go into a sound space in another city. So it's like if innovation strikes or if you need a place to rehearse before your gig yeah. in another city, you can just go to the same place and membership transfers between all of them. So it's the same way of, you know, and you can pretty go much anywhere. the same layout. Yeah. Yep, exactly. See, so see, you'll always so cool. be aware of the same, the same equipment, the same recording of capabilities everywhere that you go. And you can transfer those files that way too. And That's so, really yeah. And so it just kind of standardizes what you'll be like able to access um, and gives you sort of a home no matter where you go. And so the focus is on any local music in that area. So we're not going to be, we're, we're very much so a blank slate for people to say, Hey, here's the model. We're going to put it into this city. And then anybody who's a local musician or any of those local things that already exist, we just want to give them the space and partner with them to make sure that they can come in and, and really, really make it their own home. Um, and so that's more so that, that expansion side of things, but technology is what I'm, I'm really excited about too, where um, you can think about us as, you know, we have three membership types. There's connect, rehearse, and record. So you can think about it as a technology company on the basis um, with upgrades that are physical spaces. So connect is, you know, for pretty much anybody, if you want to support local music, if you are in local music, but already have all of the equipment in your basement already, um, you can still become a connect member. And what you happen, what happens with that is, not only have we put together a, a system of discounts for the local in, local environment. So, you know, for example, Sam Ash, Oralex, and Indie String Theory are initial three sponsors. Um, and, you know, for example, Pure Urban Eatery, things like that. Uh, as a SoundSpace member, you get discounts for a lot of those places. And so, you know, when you're able to go out and, you know, you need strings for your guitar or anything like that, too, um, just being a member will get you a lot of those discounts in those spaces. Mm. Um, and that's just one aspect of Connect. The other one being something we like to call BlackBook. Uh, and so BlackBook is it's, it's named around the idea of like, oh, who am I going to call and who do, who do you need? You have like a tiny black pocketbook full of names, right? Um, and so the, the concept of, of that is, you know, if you're a musician looking for marketing assistance or a musician looking for, you know, a, a session drummer to finish out your musical or something like that, um, then you can immediately find a lot of those local resources in this BlackBook Connect system. Um, and so we're, we're developing out what those technologies look like, and they all go into just your, your, your dashboard whenever you connect on that internet side of things. And so all of our connect members are also invited to just be in the space, almost like a coffee shop or a co-working space as well. Um, and so you can come in, hang out, listen to bands that are currently practicing uh, and just connect with musicians locally. Um, but you can not only do that in a physical space, you can also do that in an online space too. So when you're like, hey, let's meet up and do this thing as a musician, you can say, Rather than being like, okay, let's just meet at somebody's house, you can say, let's go to SoundSpace, book out of time, and, and really do this as well. Um, and so that, that connect side of things, is, it's just that connective technology. Um, but then even in the physical spaces, you know, we're, we're putting together some, in some initial hardware that is, you know, it hasn't been done before as well. And, and there's um, really in, in, innovative and interesting things happening in the physical spaces as well. So, you know, from, from beginning to end, the whole thing is kind of an experience um, that we're, we're trying to cultivate and trying to make the best for a musician uh, that they have to, hmm. 
you know, just that, just kind that, of accepted. That, that D school background's yeah. coming out, buddy. <laughs> I love it. I love. It. I just I just like just the simplicity. Like I always remember when I learned that the reason why Southwest Airlines they only have seven thirty sevens with the same layout is the training is done. Your flight attendants mm-hmm. are are trained one time, and when they go to a different plane, the exact same thing is in the exact same place. Yep. And they know how many paces or, you know, and it's just, it makes sense. And so the, like, I just was so happy to hear that, like, yeah, we're trying to franchise this and, and, and you'll know the layout. So, cause you're right. I mean, some of these creatives do travel. So all of a sudden you're, you're, you're laying down your tracks in Indianapolis. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in, I don't know, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and you know, you know exactly where to go, you know, kind of the vibe, you know, the layout, but then you're creating that culture, uh, which I just love. Uh, (laughs) I I cannot tell you how excited I am for you guys because yeah, man, like I, I, you know, the whole point of our foundation is to, to get students in what we call an entrepreneurial way of being. Mm -hmm. That is take charge of things. You know, don't, what is that new term? I hate hate liking somebody's vacation and hate liking somebody like, you know, yeah, and being jealous. So yeah. somebody, somebody's got a new track out and you're like, yeah, must be mm-hmm. nice for them. You can do it. Yeah, exactly. And there's spaces where, well, I don't have thousands of dollars in equipment. That's fine. Yeah. I know a place where you can go. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it seems, again, there's never been a better time to be a creator and so we're we're kind of seeing an explosion in that, but nowhere near I think the scale it could be. For sure, Just because I, I see a lot of apathy, and I see a lot of people sitting around and you know you know getting scrolling anxiety. You you keep mm-hmm. scrolling and you keep looking at somebody else's stuff and somebody else's stuff and somebody else's stuff, and you ask yourself, why am I not doing anything? Because you're scrolling. Yeah, so exactly. Go, you know, go go to the go to the the you know go to your sound you know area and and get creative and talk to people that you know i liked when you said i've been thinking about doing drum lessons the guys like mm-hmm. that's cool yeah you know this like creativity and those collisions are everything exactly I, oh, i'm so excited for you yeah it, it's i mean thank you it's it's really exciting the um it's important too to to recognize that you know it's it's a culture that already exists and it's just naturally mm-hmm. bringing people together for it and it's the uh, that's that's kind of what we want to do is just provide that that space and that that infrastructure for it to happen. Um, a lot of people forget that. I mean, Indianapolis was really big in the music scene, and you know, years ago. And it's it's important to to celebrate that and to to see what we can do to make sure that we're you know on the map as a musical city as well, because we have a lot of great musicians that come out of here, but. People feel often like, oh, we have to go to Nashville or we have to go somewhere else in order yeah. to really, really make it in that. And it's like, well, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? It's, yeah. Are you going to get an amazing artist first or are you going to build infrastructure for them to actually succeed? Yeah. So. Well, you're right. I mean, that's almost the, 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 the hard part of this city is that it's too close to Nashville and Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you feel like this need to, but you, you can't uh, always do that. You can, you can go and stay here. For sure, man. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm energized. I uh, and obviously we have an audience that actually is mostly not Indianapolis. Oh um, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. Are some of our hotspots, and a lot of them are overseas. Uh, but um, 
yeah, like just out of curiosity, and again, this is only going to, not many people are going to know where this is, but like where in Indianapolis are you? Um, so we, we actually started with design thinking and asked, you know, what problems are you encountering? Where should we put in something like this? And all of these kind of questions. Um, and so we, we stuck to all of those guns as we went forward and made sure that we were asking people as we continued to build people, you know, exactly what it is they were asking for. And so we were really centralized downtown where uh, the address we'll have is actually a, a Mass Ave address, so Massachusetts Avenue. Um, and the uh, right now we're on East Brookside at the Circle City Industrial Complex. Um, but there's a huge development plan working in uh, working around that space right now where uh, it's, um, I don't know if you know where the Coke bottling plant is. Oh, but yeah. yeah. Right across the interstate from there is this huge 500,000 square foot you know, warehouse space. Um, that actually was owned by Louis Schwitzer uh, back in the day. Is his primary place. He uh, he built the Wasp, um, which is you know related to the the first Indy 500s, um, and this is where he built engines. And so there's this huge warehouse space that you can basically um, bike down, and will be developed into this into this whole maker kind of environment where there's already 250 visual artists who are actively painting there. It's a huge First Friday location. Um, which is when all of the art in the city opens up on the first Friday of every month. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're bringing in people like Dance Kaleidoscope, um, and a lot of the arts will be centered around that space. Um, and, you know, we, we initially met the, the owner when he asked us, you know, hey, we, we need somebody to manage a venue space that we're planning on putting in here. Um, and we said, hey, we'll manage that venue space if you give us, you know, 6,000 square feet next to it to build sound space. And he was immediately like, yeah, let's do it. And so one of our initial, you know, investors was born in that space to say, all right, yeah, as, as long as we can, you know, keep building into this space, we have a combined vision of making this a, a real hotspot for arts and culture. Um, and that's kind of where we, we were able to build something, you know, right downtown. It's going to have a Mass Ave address, um, but it's more so built on, you know, partnerships and, you know, agreements between sponsors and things like that, that really, really to the point where we could without needing a significant investment so yeah man well as you guys build out one i'm gonna have to i, I now have to stop by <laughs> yeah, i promise absolutely. you I, I promise you i will not sing um <laughs> it's okay we have a bunch of we have a soundproof room you can just go maybe. in there and sing all you want <laughs> <laughs> it's just like my teen years uh although my teen years i Full disclosure, at age 47, I thought the most breakthrough artist ever. I'll never forget when I discovered Weird Al Yankovic. I'm like, nice. You can make a career out of this. You yeah. can make, you can take the a song and make scene. fun of it. I, I really <laughs> thought it was the greatest idea ever. Still kind of do. Awesome. No. Uh, but no, I, I will. Heck, maybe we can get a cure of the Don. Do a few tracks. Love to bring him to Indianapolis. Uh, but no, I am. I'm thrilled. I I salute you. What you're doing for creativity and innovation. Uh, it should be celebrated. And um, yeah, I just uh, I, I want to see more of this. Not just where I live, but like you said, and the fact that you're wanting to spread and and create more. So for sure, continued success, Ricky. Uh, should people want to find more information uh, about you about the Sound Space? Where should they go? Um, I just had a, a blog published recently about a little bit more about what's going on here too. Um, you should be able to find that and everything else on our website. It's www.sndspc.com. That's just sound space without any vowels, which seems to be a, an Indianapolis thing. 
Um, and uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, pretty much anywhere in social media as well. Uh, if you just Google Soundspace Indie, you'll find us as the first result too. So um, you can find us anywhere in those spaces and feel free to reach out and just ask questions too. I mean, we have a full staff of people who are willing to, to help you out and answer questions and just really, you know, provide a lot of the services that we would be providing in the space regardless, just to our local, you know, people who want to ask us questions about, you know, what's going on locally in music um, and trying to connect them with those resources as soon as we can. So Nice. Very nice. Well, Ricky, appreciate it. And I continue success and I'll, I'll be heading out there soon. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, um, you know, the first rehearsal is, is on us when you come in to do it too. So <laughs> anybody who wants to come in and rehearse, I mean, get, come in and try it out at least, you know? All right. Thank you.